Hey everybody, welcome back to Simply Holy Living, a practical guide for living the open-handed life every day. And we are now in week four of Lent, and we are in our second week of quarantine. And I know there are so many thoughts and feelings swirling around your brain and heart. And how do I know this? I know this because there are so many thoughts and feelings swirling around my brain and heart. And actually, I might be worse than your average bear. I'm not sure. Um, I know I'm a pretty emotional person. But, um, you know, in the spirit of Simply Holy, which was actually created just as a way for me to live out loud and sort of pass on what I felt like God is teaching me, um, that's exactly what we're going to do today is I just want to try to pass on what I feel like God brought to me this morning, my quiet time, and I just want us to have a quiet time together. <laughs> so, you know, it's an unsettling time that we're living in right now, and it's a time of varied emotions. I was able to talk to the community group leaders last night in my little neck of the woods over here, and the thing that just kept coming out is that, you know, there's just so many feelings across the spectrum in your own heart. You know, I, I know for me, I've got the sadness for my friends who's you know, economic state is really um, quite scary for them. They're not bringing in any money. You know, the unknown is scary. Um, I've got friends who've got relatives that have the virus and they're not able to get to them. And just how sad, how sad I am for them. And then at the exact same time that I'm feeling that, I'm also got these unexpected blessings on this side that came because of the quarantine. You know, the extra time at home with my family, which has been actually an answer to prayer in many ways. God has really you know, shown up and give me these unexpected blessings, um, you know, so, sort of like the, the, and I've been surprised by the joy, the joyful things that he's brought into my life. And just trying to learn how to live with these two realities going on, you know, trying to be grateful on the one hand, but yet really be honest with my emotions, have some, you know, emotional integrity and honesty, um, being authentic with the things that I'm feeling, not shutting them down. Um, but, you know, you can get into this time where, you know, I get, I can get afraid of just really admitting, you know, the struggles that I have, you know, because I look at somebody else's struggles and I think, oh my gosh, well, they have it so much worse than I do. How, you know, I don't want to talk about my struggles. Um, you know, and comparing, even though, you know, that's not right and each person's grief is their own grief. Um, but you can start to get, you know, sort of unsettled by that. And then also, I don't, you know, I kind of have these good things going on that I can kind of be afraid to talk about those things because I know that somebody else is struggling. I don't want to make light of their situation. So, you know, it can just be kind of hard even to know how to talk through things. And so all of that is kind of just unsettling. It can be troubling to your soul. And I find myself very often, full disclosure, that I will have these big waves of, you know, honestly, just depression, depressing thoughts, or so unsettling, or I'll let my mind go into the future, which I know I shouldn't be living there. But of course, it only brings fear because fear lives in the future. So I know I'm not supposed to be doing it, but those are real things that I, you know, all these waves of motion that, that I go through on a daily basis. Then I opened my Bible this morning, and of course I've been reading through John, and I made it to John 14, and I felt like it was just God going, Tracy, kind of get a hold of yourself here. <laughs> I need to talk to you. That's how I felt when I read this. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, and trust also in me. And I want to work our way through this passage a little bit more, but right here at the beginning, I want us to just take in this very first sentence. Do not let your hearts be troubled. 
Here is Jesus giving us a very succinct command, a very, a very clear direction. He's saying, do not let your heart be troubled. Somehow indicating that we have some control over our hearts, that we're going to have to practice some self-control here. We're going to have to take responsibility for the state of our heart. It reminds me of David when he's saying, you know, why are you downcast within me, O my soul? Put your trust in God. You know, he is talking to himself. He is talking to his soul. Psalm 131, where it says, I have stilled and quieted my own soul within me. You know, it's you having to take responsibility for the state of your heart. There may be trouble all around you, but what are you going to allow to affect your heart? Um, it's taking captive the, those thoughts and making them obedient to Christ. You know that scripture. Taking your thoughts captive, making them obedient to Christ. And sometimes that can make us feel like, well, that's kind of harsh. I can't make myself, you know, making someone obey, making this obey. So think about it like this. It is gently correcting and redirecting your thoughts, redirecting your heart. Um, think about it like you would with your children. You know, um, there's so many times where, you know, you have your child and, uh, you know, I can t tell you at my house, this is what it looks like. Okay, here's the worksheet. Here's your worksheet. I want you to sit down at the kitchen table right there. And of course, I'm, and you're going to do your worksheet. And then I'm going to come over here and I'm going to work in the kitchen, you know. So I'm working in the kitchen. You think, oh, they're going to sit there and do their worksheet. And I'm going to be doing this other thing over here. But of course, you know, what are they doing? You look up and they're looking out the, you know, daydreaming out the window or they're sharpening their pencil for the 15th time or they're getting, oh, I got to go to the bathroom or, oh, I have to blow my nose. You know, there's just a million distractions. And so you find yourself as a parent needing to redirect them. So many conversations, me in the kitchen, my daughter at the table. Okay, put your, you know, put your eyes back on the paper. Hey, you need to focus on your work, you know, work a little bit more. Oh, just right. You need to focus on your work. Stay focused. Stay focused. And they start asking questions about what we're going to do later. Whatever. No, no, no. Just stay focused on your work. You're just going to redirect. I just continually, gently redirect her thoughts back to her paper. Now keep your mind focused. Oh, 10 more minutes. There you go. You can do it. Oh, put your mind back on your work. <laughs> this is what we're doing to our hearts, is we're just having to gently redirect it. You know, my mind goes in the wrong place. It goes to a place of trouble. And this says, do not let your hearts be troubled. So I have to take responsibility for that. I'm just going to try to pass on to you some of the things that I do that help me to get my to to not allow my heart to be troubled. I have you know I've picked these up through all the reading that I've done. I don't even know how to give the right credit to the right person because I can't even remember where I got all these. But one of them is just um, taking a few minutes to um, exhale your fear and inhale a promise. So. You know, you say something like, I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen to us financially. And you exhale that and then you breathe in. God is my refuge and my strength, never present help in trouble. You know, or I'm going to breathe out. I have absolutely no idea how to connect with my child's heart on this. I have no idea how to direct them. And then you breathe in. God has given me everything I need for life and godliness. Breathe out. I kept. I cannot be patient. I cannot be patient. I cannot be patient. You breathe that out, and then you go. I can do all things through Christ, who gives me strength. I'm going on His strength. So you're breathing out your fears, and you're breathing in the promises, and you take the time to do that. 
you know, um, another thing you can do is you need to take the time to have a, you know, to sort of take your temperature, know what you're feeling. Some of us don't even know what we're feeling. Some of us are very good at it because we've been doing this for a while. But for those of us who have not been very in touch with what we're feeling and we um, can get to a numb state very quickly, you're going to have, this time is going to bring this up where you're going to have to be able to identify. Here's, I'm, I'm afraid, write it down. All the things I'm afraid of, just write them all down, write them all down. So that when you take that minute to breathe them out, you know what they are. You're going to attach a promise to each one of those fears that you can breathe in, you know, that you can inhale the promises and exhale the fear. Um, you know, you, uh, you might have to, some other things you can do is you can set your timer on your watch. You don't want to do this every single day, but I did this just the other day and it really helped me to reset. But you set your timer on your, on your phone for the top of the hour that you're going to pray just for five minutes at the beginning of each hour, because it's going to take a lot more, um, times with God right now. Uh, to, in order to keep yourself spiritually healthy, in order to be able to do that. So you, you set your timer that I'm going to pray for five minutes at the beginning of the hour. I'm going to go into my room. I'm going to shut my door. I'm going to go into my closet. I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to whatever. Either I'm going to breathe in um, God's promises or I'm going to um, or I'm going to listen to a spiritual song on my knees, praying the words. You know, um, these are things that we have to do because we're not in a normal time. This is not a normal time. You know, I've often talked about how uh, I've, you know, I've gotten to the point where I can fly above the pole to do certain things, you know, to, to certain vices. I always, often talk about flying above the pole of, of overeating um, and just it doesn't have a hold on me. But you know what? During this time, I'm flying at a whole nother altitude level. <laughs> so it is just a whole nother level of temptation here. So this is not a level I've ever flown on before. Or you can um, think of it like, you know, when you go to your doctor once a year for a checkup, of course, they check your vital signs. You know, they check your blood pressure and your temperature and all of these things that they're supposed to do. But when you're in the hospital, they check that stuff every hour like it's that cuff is right there on your arm the whole time you know they're always checking your temperature they're always checking your blood pressure they're always checking your pulse and all of that kind of stuff because you're in the hospital and this is kind of an emergency time this is a time that you need to be able to take your spiritual vital signs a lot more often so that you know what is troubling me you know another thing that you need to be able to identify is what are the things that are actually causing me more trouble? I mean, just, you know, just the normal changes that are going on right now are enough to cause trouble. I mean, if your husband is home for the first time working from, if you've never worked at home with your husband before, it's, it's definitely an adjustment, okay? And I heard that a lot of that last night. Or if your kids are home for the first time and you are the one that's responsible for making sure all of this education gets done, that is a whole nother level. That is not something that you're, that alone can create a tension or a troublesome spirit. Um, just these changes, or if you're trying to work from home and your kids are home, even if they have kind of their own school that they're doing, but you're trying to do it at the same time, everybody's trying to use the internet at the same time. Um, that's different. You only have so many devices that you're trying to use. Uh, maybe you don't have enough. You know, there's just a lot of unsettling things that can happen. And though for those of us that are home, alone a lot more than normal you know um, those of us who are single are living in a single household where you know you're just alone for hours on end physically you can have contact virtually but physical contact is limited you know these are all changes that can that that cause us to have a troubled spirit 
But then what are those things that lead us into a more troubled spirit? And I just want to talk about social media for a second, very specifically. You know, I think that there is a lot of good and a lot of bad that comes with social media, as we all know. But I think this is a time to take really proactive steps with your social media. This is something that Jay has been trying to get me to do forever. And I think I'm getting it. I think I'm finally getting it. But um, for example, his Instagram feed, he has perfectly curated to only bring in um, either, you know, posts from his spiritual mentors, people that he listens to, um, maybe church leaders or church, uh, uh, um, yeah, church leaders that he listens to, or uh, beautiful imagery from around the world, inspirational things. Um, he really likes to look at different places from the world and it really inspires him to see the be beauty of God's creation. And so that's all he has coming in on his Instagram feed. Now he has to take some time every few days to you know, mute, 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 because he doesn't use Instagram to keep up with his social, his friendships, that kind of thing. Um, it's just to get spiritual because he's, he's specifically proactively done that so that if he chooses to go on Instagram, it is, be, it is going to inspire him. And that's a way to think about it. And, you know, face can be, Facebook can be something different. Um, but you just have to think about where am I spending my time? And after I'm done, do I feel more peace or do I feel more troubled? And if it sort of leaves you in that troubled state, you're going to have to take responsibility for the state of your heart. Do not let your heart be troubled. Um, you know, there's other things that you can do. Uh, some other things are the it is good moments. I, you know, for those of you who are listening on the podcast, I just made those, you know, annoying, you know, quote signs. It is good moments. Now, I've talked about this in the past about creating it is good times at the end of your day. And what is what where that comes from is from, you know, the story of creation, when at the end of each day, God would say it is good. He would look back at what he created and he would say it is good. Um, but I think if you're trying to do that once a day before you go to bed right now, it's not going to be enough right now. You may have to have it is good moments every hour. You may just have to decide, I'm going to check in every hour on this because it is so easy to see what is undone. And this is another thing that Jay has been trying to, you know, help me with for a long time and I'm trying to get it is, you know, you know, this didn't happen with the kids. I know, but this did happen with the kids and they didn't get this done, but they did get this done and we failed at this, but we also had a victory over here. So yes, are there going to be things that didn't get done? Are there going to be things that, um, that could have gone better? Are there going to be failures? Are there going to be mistakes? Are there going to be problems? Yes, but there's also going to be victories. There's also going to be things that did get done. There's also going to be things that did get finished. And this is what we did get done. This is the good stuff. This is the stuff that went, moved forward today. And so I think that it's important to have, you know, times during your day where you, where you proactively and intentionally say, okay, what did get done? I know all the stuff that didn't because it comes readily to my mind just like that. But what was good? What did get, what can I focus on that was good? How can I not let my heart be troubled? How can I take responsibility for my heart? Okay. And all that was just about taking responsibility for your heart. That very first sentence, do not let your heart be troubled. You have control over that. Okay, let's read on here and see um, how he progresses. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. And I want us to stop right here and see where Jesus is taking their perspective. He's taking them back to the concept of plenty. 
There is more than enough room. You have more than what you need. I promise you there is plenty. It takes them away from a scarcity mentality and takes them into a plentiful mentality. And would this not be so good for our nation right now if we would stop operating from a scarcity mentality? And that's the first thing that he does. He brings them back to the concept of plenty. Then he says, if this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? Like, am I lying to you? You know I'm not lying to you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be where I am. He's saying your, your destiny, your, your destination is secure. He brings them back to the concept of eternity. And we all know that when we consider eternity, it makes our momentary troubles seem very small. It reminds us that we are in um, a season and we are but a mist. You know, our whole life is but a mist, but this time in our life is a season and we will get through it. If, if they can get through World War II, we can get through the coronavirus. You know, if the Jews can make it through the Holocaust, we can make it through the coronavirus. This is something that's on my mind because it's what we're studying right now. But it's really good for my perspective. It is good to return and always remember the eternal perspective. We can be secure. Um, our security comes from the fact that Jesus is never going to leave us and we, we are always going to be with him. He's going to bring us to where he is. We will never be without him. He's trying to remind them of that. You know, this hits home with me because I have a daughter that struggles with anxiety and she can often say, oh, you know, don't leave me, you know, wait for me. If we get too far ahead of her in some place or if I'm headed to the car before she's ready and she's getting her shoes on, don't leave me. I'm like, Babe, I wasn't even thinking about leaving you. I will never leave you. Um, I'm not going to drive off. I promise I'm going to wait for you to get your shoes on. You know, I can, I can get um, weary because I'm a human. But, you know, God is reassuring us. It's going to be okay. Breathe. You know, I often tell my daughter, breathe. We're going to take three deep breaths. You know, maybe that's something that, uh, you know, that you're going to have to do is to take three deep breaths. Um he's trying to get them to stop the panic and to trust him he says you know he says you know what to do um you know all of these things that i've been telling you to do uh all these things that praying at the top of the hour or entering into your closet and exhaling your fears and inhaling the 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 promises or taking your spiritual vital signs and all this stuff you know it only works if you do it you know it's that thing from recovery it works if you work it and you're worth it. It you have to actually put these things in the practice. And I think that that is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you know, just just chill. And I don't. I mean that. I don't mean that disrespectfully. But we all we kind of have to tell ourselves, you need to chill. Remember, God is in control. He's got this. Jesus has got everything under control, and we are secure. So what is their response to that? You know, he tells them, you know what to do. I'm t I've told you what to do. You know what you're supposed to do. And they go, no, we don't, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? You know, and this is just our natural response. You know, we can't get too down on Thomas because this is kind of how we are. He was panicking because Jesus was telling him, you know, I'm going to die. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. What do you mean you're going to die? You know, it's kind of like us as we've kind of gone through the unfolding of this virus, I think that a lot of us were in the place of like, oh, you know, I'm sure it's not that big a deal. It's not going to be that, you know, and this kind of unfolding and kind of as it's unfolded, wait, 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 this, this sounds pretty serious. I mean, actually, this really is serious, you know, and it sort of dawns on you and panic can set in, you know, and so he, so Thomas sort of responds with panic. And so Jesus comes back at him and let's just follow a dialogue. And he says, 
No, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Now, this is a very, you know, famous passage, but we're used to using this passage when we're thinking about, you know, the Buddhists or the um, Muslims or the atheists or people that are from different faiths. You know, like, there's only one way to God, and it's Jesus, and, you know, Jesus. And that's true, absolutely. But you have to remember, he's talking to the disciples here. He's talking to us believers. He's saying, no, no, remember, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's trying to get the disciples to get their minds back onto him. He's saying, yeah, no, no, no. It's, you know, you need to do social distancing, but social distancing isn't going to save you. Um, you know, this other stuff that you're doing is not going to save you. you. You need me. It's always about Jesus. You know, it's been a thought in my mind. Up till this point, we've been really highly relying on the Internet to be able to communicate and to get kind of get through this time. What if the Internet went down? It's not the internet that's going to save us. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, and honestly, quite honestly, sometimes he's not the first person I go to. You know, when I'm when I'm panicking or I'm stressed, right? You know, I go to my food or I go to my, you know, uh, the little things that help me to check. I'm going to go do this. I got to read this. I got to check in here. I got to blah, blah, blah. You know, we have all these kinds of stirbs that we go to when we are uptight. It's not our first thought. We, Jesus has to remind us, no, 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 remember, it's not all those things that are going to save you. You need to come to me. We have to train ourselves to go back to Jesus, to get on our knees, to do these things. And that's what he's saying. Remember, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Don't try to get there any other way. You're not going to find peace any other way. He says, if you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Okay, but what does Philip come back with? You know, he says, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Like, <laughs> it's not enough. We need to see. You know, he's looking for some sort of proof. Could you just lay it out for us? You know, could you just give us the plan? I want to see the whole plan. You know, sometimes we could think that, you know, all we, you know, we just need God to guide us. We, we, we say we just, we're okay with him guiding us and him leading us. But no, that's not what we really want. What we really want is a map. <laughs> we want to know how is this whole thing going to work out? You know, we want to believe that we're okay with being led. But really what we want to be is the leader. We want to be in control. We want to see how this is all going to work out. We're not comfortable with being, you know, how Isaiah said that God will lead the blind by ways they have not known. We're not comfortable being blind. We want to know the whole story. But we have to continually remind ourselves we don't need to know the whole story. We don't need to see the whole map. We need to become comfortable with God leading us, and we've given, he's given us what we need. So Jesus replies, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? I mean, couldn't God be saying, couldn't Jesus be saying that to you? Couldn't he be saying that to me right now? Haven't I been with you all these years? Tracy, how long? You know, it's 28 years. Come on. You know, he says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me him to sh me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. <laughs> so he's saying, if you cannot 
If you can't believe, at least believe in the things that you've seen that I've done. You know, at least look at the miracles. And you know what? This is so important. We've got to remember what God has done and see it and notice it. Look at the miracles all around you. You know, I'm just going to go through some of the miracles that I've seen. And I know you've seen your own set of miracles. I know for me, when this whole thing first started, I realized that, man, if this quarantine had happened a year ago, my personal home church, The Turning Point, we wouldn't have been ready because we were in a time where our, our small group structure really wasn't working. It wasn't in place. But yet in the fall and in uh, leading up to January, we were able to reset all of our entire ministry into community groups that actually function and are organized and ready. So when this quarantine hit, all of our people are already organized into, into a community group structure. This, that's a miracle. That was God going ahead of us. It's miraculous what he did. I can't believe he set that up. I wouldn't have known to set that up. It was God leading us in that way. Um, you know, I've seen a miracle. Literally, you've seen these things um, probably on uh, in the news and whatnot and how the fish have come back um, to Venice, you know, because the waterways, um, the pollution is gone and so all the fish have come back. You know, I read about how in Wutan that you can hear the birds singing because the noise pollution is gone, you know, because they've all been in quarantine for so long. God is sort of healing the earth through this. It's it's sort of miraculous. And I've, I've seen my own set of miracles, even in my own neighborhood. Um, you know, one thing is that, um, you know, for, uh, we've been taking walks in our neighborhood for a long time, Jay and I, uh, for years. And, you know, in California, people just, they're, they don't wave. <laughs> and I'm not down on California, but I come from Oklahoma. And in Oklahoma, everybody waves to each other, no matter what, you always wave. It just has that kind of hospitable, you know, social grace that they have there. And it's not here normally. I mean, you might have an, a few people that wave at you, but most people are just kind of doing their own thing. That's how California is. You know, I'm okay, you're okay, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. You know, most people have their AirPods in and they're, or they're talking on the phone or whatever. They're just kind of, they don't even notice you. They could just walk right by you. But I'm telling you, ever since this has happened, we walk through our neighborhood, everybody waves at each other. Our whole neighborhood is in the street because they're all trying to raise their children, you know, and they got to get out and their kids are on the block and, you know, all six feet apart, of course, you know, if we're walking this way, someone walks the other way on the other side of the street. But lots of times we'll even stop and talk. We've talked more to our neighbors during the quarantine than we ever did before. And we have a pretty, actually a pretty good neighborhood. But, you know, it's really miraculous the way that God has transformed this. Um, another thing that I've seen happen is that for years I've sort of been praying, God, help me to know how to reach out to my neighbors. And I was trying to figure out a way to reach out to them, but it just, I could not, I just kept coming up empty because our kids aren't the same age and I don't know, it just wasn't working. And I think we also kind of had the reputation on our street as sort of the crazy homeschoolers. <laughs> but now that everybody's kids are home, people have been like reaching out to us, wait a second, don't you homeschool? And so the neighbors have been reaching out to me. I mean, it's a miracle, honestly. I didn't have to reach out to them, they reached out to me. And so on Sunday, Jay and I were able to, um, we put just a little advertisement on the Nextdoor app and said that we'd be willing to host a Zoom gathering for anybody who was interested in talking about some ideas for homeschooling and we have some resources that we'd like to give you. And, and you know, several of our neighbors showed up for that. It was crazy. I was like, I could never have made this happen without the quarantine. I mean, that is just a miraculous thing that he is doing. And um, when I was meeting with my community group leaders, they were talking about other things that were happening, you know, um, 
that we can be sharing throughout the weeks to come. I know that we'll be able to share that, but think about the miracles that are happening right now. You know, other things that have happened that are very personal is my daughter had been going to this little, you know, uh, charter school down the street from our house, which we had always typically homeschooled, but this year I put her in this charter school. And there was so much good that came from that, but there was also some negative things that were coming from that, some interactions with some of the other kids there and all this stuff. And actually what's happened now is she's home, all of those things are gone, and all we're getting is the education from it. So I'm actually only getting the good things from the, the school situation, which I could have never set that up for myself. That is totally God. It is a miracle what's happening. Another thing that's happening for me personally is that I've prayed for years. Actually, in 2010, I did a destiny statement, as many of you did. And one of the things I wrote down on there is that I was praying that I would become kind and gentle as a rule, like that that would become my default, um, which that's not my default. My default is uh, uh, impatient and harsh and freaking out. Okay, so that's not my, you know, normal state of being. But I prayed that and, you know, I've worked on it, you know, probably not as much as I should have. But actually, since everybody's been around I have had a lot of opportunities to practice that and so God is working a miracle on me it's just it's grown exponentially and which leads me actually to this next part and we'll just end here in the end it says I tell you the truth anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the father you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the son so that, wait a second, circle that, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And see, here he's summing it all up. He's telling, saying, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me, you're going to be like me. You're going to do even greater things than I've done. The whole intent of this time is to help you to be like Jesus. The proof of our belief is in what we do. We are becoming like Jesus. That's what this whole time is designed for us to do. You know, um, I had this really funny thing happen, and it was our um, gardener the other day. Um, this really kind um, older man has been doing our, our yard for years, and he we were getting ready to go out on a walk, and he said, he goes, can I ask you a question? And um, he said, he goes, how do you teach your children? And I was like, oh, I... I was so taken aback by the question. It was so I did I didn't really know how to answer it at first. I was like, oh, that's a big question. But really, what he was getting at was he said, you know, you know, my my daughter, she's teaching my granddaughter, and but they just fight all the time. They just fight. <laughs> I started dying laughing. I was like, oh, this I can relate to. Oh, I understand a fight absolutely. It is very difficult to try to instruct your own children sometimes. It can be very difficult to try to educate them and teach them yourself. Um, it can be a really hard time and it can bring up all this stuff, you know, and I started thinking about how, um, you know, this is the number one question, or the number one thing that I've heard throughout the years when I would actually, people would find out that I homeschool and their natural response, I don't fault them at all, would be like, oh, I could never do that. I'm not patient enough. And I'm like, oh, I know. I'm not patient enough either. <laughs> I absolutely understand that. But what it has caused me to do and what I told our gardener, I was like, I'm not sure what his faith is, but I'm just going to tell him. I said, well, you know what? I pray. I pray and I pray and I pray for patience. And, you know, this is what this is really teaching us right here is you're going to feel like I can't. 
I cannot be patient enough. I cannot do this enough. I cannot do that enough. You're just going to feel like at these times where like, I just can't. But you are going to fall on your knees and you are going to pray. Because at the end of this, it says you are going to ask for anything in my name and I will do it. You're going to say, you're going to fall on your knees in the name of Jesus Christ. God, give me patience and he is going to come through. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, give me a way to connect with this neighbor and he is going to come through. In the name of Jesus Christ, show me what to do in this situation and he is going to show you. This is going to bring you to your knees and this is what we need to be doing. Is We need to be asking the Father to, to create in us something that we are not going to be able to do ourselves. And why? So that, what is that so that says? It says so that we can bring glory to the Father. You know, I don't care how people school. I, it's not my intention to get everybody to homeschool. But in this particular instance, God is bringing them to a need that I can feel and I can point them back to God. You know, that's the whole point of it. It's not to get them homeschooling. It's to get them to find God. It's, it's so that God can be glorified. I mean, even Jesus here, I mean, what a Savior. He's saying it's not even about Him. Here is the perfect man. Here is the idea of perfection, the personification of perfection. He's saying, and it's not even about me. I only came here to point people back to God. You know, the other thing that I've heard my friends and, uh, you know, my neighbors talk about is like, they just can't stop eating during this time. And I totally understand this because you're home and it's, you're totally out of your regular routine and you just find yourself eating and eating and eating and you got to fix three meals a day. I mean, I even am, it's kind of weird. You know, I, some people are used to having their entire family gone for the day and now everybody's home. Their husband is there. Their kids are there. You know, it's a lot. They're preparing meals, three, three meals a day. And you can just find yourself overeating and eating and eating. I understand that. But this is why I have, you know, this is why I love the way down because it points people to God. It's not about weight loss. But if somebody is struggling with their weight, I'm going to be able to go, oh, good. Let me help you. I'm going to point you towards God. Every single need that's being presented by, from the people around me is a way for me to be able to glorify God, to point people back to God. It's not about weight loss. It's not about homeschooling. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God. What an, an amazing opportunity we have right now to point people to God in their time of need, whatever that need is. Maybe they feel lonely. Maybe they feel afraid. Maybe they feel out of control. Maybe they feel like they can't do this. Whatever it is, it's a way for us to be able to point them back to God. What an opportunity that is. So I don't know how it's going for you right now, but I hope that something that I've covered today, and I know this was longer than normal, but it, it is what it is. I hope that something that I've covered today will help you until next time. Mm -hmm.